Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies Podcast with your hosts, Rocky Petrella and Dustin Church. Let's get to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back for episode four of the Dynasty Junkies Podcast, a member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I am Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, and with me is my number two junkie, Dustin Church. Uh, normally, I might ask him how he's doing. I know we had a little bit of a rough work day today, though, so I don't know if we're going to get uh, feisty Dustin or 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 sullen broody Dustin. Which is it? Well, I mean, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. You know, I I had a long drive home after my my rough day, and I was able to get myself out of my rut. But you know, we'll see kind of what our guest brings to the table and see if it fires me up or not. <laughs> okay, sounds good. And let's get to that guest. This week we have. Joe Petrosino at FF Trader Joe. Joe, how you doing? Good. Glad to be here. Two, two of the guys I love to trade with from the best league in the world. TA3 for life. TA3 represent. <laughs> you want to tell everybody what you know what you're doing out there? Uh, so I am the social media manager for the DFPN. Yeah, Dummies Fun House Podcast Network. That's uh, at the FP Network on Twitter. We got a, a whole host of different things on there. We got the Dynasty Dummies. We got the the Fun House. We got J Mike. We got, of course, Kevin Cotillo and our buddy Outhouse with the Split Take Show. That really awesome thing where they break it all down. We got so much stuff though. It's and I'm just kind of you know promoting everyone on there and i make some uh, logos for guys like you if everyone hasn't seen joe does the graphics for us he did the graphics for the dap network and his gif game is amazing so if you guys haven't seen him and his gifts out there they're fantastic they're amazing we're excited to have joe on the show uh thanks for jumping on with us yeah he does great stuff and we've gotten multiple compliments on, on the logo so thanks for that and what we're going to get into here first is um, something we did last week, and we're maybe making it a regular part of the show. Not sure yet, but there was a trade in one of my leagues. I put it out as a Twitter poll, uh, similar to the AJ Brown, Miles Sanders thing we did last week. This was Debo Samuel versus Terry McLaurin. They were traded straight up. It's just a PPR league. And I thought it was a kind of interesting poll, two similar players and they the poll came out 57 43 in favor of McLaren, but I thought it was interesting too because by ADP Debo's higher. So I just thought we could talk about the value of those two guys, which you guys, which of the two guys you guys prefer. And I guess I'll let you lead off, Dustin, since I let off last week. I like McLaren better on this deal, that's where I voted. I, I like Debo a lot, but you know, with McLaren, they didn't. They didn't add any really any other weapons that are going to potentially hurt hurt his production. You know, Debo they brand they brought in Brandon Ayuk, and you know that's a whole other topic on what you think on Ayuk. But that that offense also isn't a high passing offense. San Francisco is a really good team that is going to lead on the run and defense, and they're going to be ahead most games. So when that happens, you know. They're going to hand the ball off to Mostert, Coleman, and, and whoever else they have in the backfield. And I can definitely see Debo's production kind of falling off a little bit with that 
extra weapon that they have there. Uh, so that's why I went McLaurin. I think he just has a higher ceiling and um, an easier path to targets. Washington is going to struggle. They're, I don't think they're going to be a great team. So they're going to be behind in passing a lot. Um, so he's going to get lots of opportunities. What do you think, Joe? Um, I prefer Debo, but uh, yeah, it's a tough situation with the, with the talent they added there. I mean, he's Debo gets gets play aside from being just in there for catches. He's going to run the ball. He's going to – they get him involved in different ways. But uh, Terry's – scary Terry's going to get that floor, you know. He's – even though it's Haskins throwing to him, like there's not a lot of other options there to, to go to. But new coach there, we'll see how that all kind of shakes out with, you know, Riverboat Ron. So hopefully he becomes the – the DJ Moore of that offense, but I'm not, I don't have any shares of him anywhere. So. Yeah. I basically echo a lot of what you guys were saying. You know, Terry has less competition, San Francisco, Brennan, Ayuk, they like to run the ball. Neither has a great quarterback. So that's, I don't really feel, I mean, Garoppolo is, is right now slightly better than Haskins, but I'm not a big Garoppolo fan either. So I think Terry's going to get the volume herds back there too. So I don't know if uh, they'll get him more involved this year in a second year. And he's also a guy who they can use to run it a little as well. So I, I, I side with, uh, I prefer Terry, but it's, it's really close. I'm a big Debo fan as well. I mean, honestly, I'm probably picking neither of them in a, if I'm drafting in that ADP range, but I do have a couple of Debo shares, but mostly because I wanted to make a, my team in the justice league of super flexors, uh, which is one of Bobby's, he commissions that I wanted to be dare Debo on that. So, okay. Sounds good. So uh, <laughs> I do think that right now you could buy right now. You could buy Debo probably cheaper than McLaurin just because of people being scared off by Ayuk. So I think their price, uh, McLaurin's price will be higher. So if you look at it that way, then I want Debo. But if you're looking at straight production, I want Terry. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, we'll get now we'll get to our commissioner corner. Commissioner corner. This week, we are going to talk about tanking, how you guys feel about tanking, anti-tanking measures for leagues. I think we should probably define tanking off the top here because I've seen people especially on Twitter, look at it in different ways, trading away, you know, your team and rebuilding and getting picks and all that. I've seen some people define that as tanking. That is not tanking. That's rebuilding. When I look at tanking, I'm more just looking at starting poor lineups or another issue we'll talk about in a little bit. But in my leagues, I do have anti-tanking measures. Uh, you can be penalized for tanking and there is potential points. We talked about that actually in the first episode in regards to draft order, but that's how another way to try and curb tanking is by using potential points for draft order. So that way, even if you're trying to start suboptimal lineups, it, there's not much you can really do to influence your draft position. It's not going on record. It's going on potential points. Is that something you use, Dustin? So I don't really have any anti-tanking measures built into the leagues I commission. I've never really had it an issue as long as you're submitting a a valid lineup, I'm I'm fine with that. You know, I I'm pretty loose with my leagues. I haven't had anyone really take advantage of it. I do think that you should be starting your best lineup. 
I don't care if you trade away all your assets to go rebuild or anything like that. That's part of part of dynasty. That's part of the league. But I do think that you should be starting your best lineup. But I don't really have any measures built in because it hasn't been a problem in, in any of my leagues and not anything I've really seen. I've had a couple of leagues where I'm not commission of that I've seen players leave like their stars on the taxi squad and and not play them. So I saw a couple of leagues where like DJ Moore was left on the taxi squad in um, year two. And, you know, those are things it, I think that can depend on the rules of the league. If you are only allowed to promote a guy one time and you can't re put him back down on the taxi squad, I could see why leaving some of those players on the taxi squad, you can't really enforce players to move from the taxi squad just because they're studs if if they have two years of eligibility or one year or whatever that is on the taxi squad. So I try not to police that very much. I like to, you know, most of the leagues I run are, are with, you know, experienced owners and good guys. So, you know, I trust them to run their teams the way that they, they want to run them. What about you guys? Yeah, I've had uh, that. I'm glad you brought that up because that was the other point I was talking about that I haven't run into that much, but uh, the taxi squad thing. I having a guy, you know, a good rookie being that's to me, that's sort of borderline when it comes to tanking, where if you're having a productive rookie, you're keeping them on the taxi squad all year. It also actually, I believe on MFL helps dodge the potential points things. I don't think taxi squad players count as against your potential points. So I don't have a rule against that. I hadn't really considered it much before because like you said, Dustin, most of the leagues I commission, it's a lot of good guys and they're not really doing that kind of thing. But what do you think, Joe? Is that is that acceptable? I mean, I'm I have no issues with tanking personally. I think that every owner has the right to run their team the way they want to run it. But uh, if you have issues with the taxi squad, I mean, honestly, if you're not doing a league with contracts with years, just eliminate the taxi squad, expand your roster by that same number of spots, then that issue's gone. You know. You'll, the points will count towards the potential points. Ultimately, what is the point of having that taxi squad other than guaranteeing that if you're over a certain amount of people that those have to be rookies or second-year players, depending on your settings. But just expand your rosters by that many, get rid of the taxi squad, and then everyone counts into those potential points if that's how you want to run it. But ultimately, sometimes you got to tear it all down. And that means that you got to run some some garbage like Jarek McKinnon out there or something, you know. But it's, it's yeah, okay. definitely. You're paying your you're paying your dues. It's everyone's paying the same dues in. You know that it's going to take you if you tear it down that much. It's going to take you probably two years to get back into being like a team that's going to get have a shot at the title. I mean, I know we're all trade addicts and we can flip a team around pretty quick, but in most leagues you're looking at at best a two year turnaround if you're tearing it down completely. So if you want to invest that money, you know, two, three years of money, not that you're not in, let them do it, you know, but. Right. And I agree with that. That's what I was saying off the top. I mean, that to me is more of a rebuild thing, not a tanking thing. But when you say you're okay with tanking, are you okay with guys then starting suboptimal lineups, leaving injured players in, things like that, if they're going to try and get themselves some better draft picks if the rule work that's, works that way? I mean, if the if the rules of the league are not set to where you – you should have your league set up where you can't leave an injured player in. 
but ultimately, as long as they're being consistent and if they're going to leave all their studs on the bench every week of the season, that's fine. If you're going to do it against a certain team, that's you're starting to talk about collusion or something. But yeah, yeah. and there's there's not really much you can do to you know other other than the injury bye week thing. I mean, you can't say you know you need to start this guy over that guy as a commissioner it, just because you think they're better. Yeah. So I agree with that. But you I, just I set your league ahead. up to have the invalid roster not allowed. And that polices it for you then. And but ultimately, like yeah, if you if you want to have Mike Evans on your bench, go for it. Definitely. Uh, any other thoughts, Dustin? Yeah, I think you know you guys started bringing up a good point there at the end that you know like I don't, I never want to get into a situation where if I'm telling someone, hey, I your lineup isn't your best optimal lineup, and then the guys that you hold told him to start were outscored by his bench guys. Like, you know, it just, then there's too much variability and then owners were going to get upset. And, you know, it, I, I agree with, with Joe, just having the invalid lineup um, turned on. And that's that, you know, that's as much policing as I go. Bobby Koch will appreciate this. You know, I, I use this metaphor back a long time ago, actually, in fantasy baseball leagues. But, you know, if you have two teams and one of them wants to be the New York Yankees and build around studs and one wants to be the Tampa Bay Rays and try to build around their youth, let them do it. You know, you can't you, – you don't know how each team is trying to build their roster. So just give them the control to do what they want. They're paying to be in the league. So let them be in the league in the, the capacity that they want to be. Yeah, and that's basically majority what I do is – just other than the potential points things, which is hopefully discouraging people even bothering to try and create suboptimal lineups. Um, just the the making sure that I do have a clause in my bylaws, and as Dustin stresses every week, bylaws, bylaws, bylaws. I do have a clause in there that um, I I can replace a guy if you leave a, an injured player or a bye week player on there. So. But I've hardly, I don't know if I've ever had to do that in commissioning, you know, at least the last four years in different leagues. So I think basically just, yeah, don't, don't, don't turn that setting on on MFL and, and don't let guys put in suboptimal lineups and you're good. So now we'll get into our dynasty strategy portion of the show. Dynasty strategy. And this week we thought we'd talk about some guys that nobody wants. We kind of had a loose definition of that here. There's a lot of low ADP guys. I kind of cheated a little bit on one of mine of a higher ADP guy, but basically guys that uh, no one's really looking to acquire. You can probably get cheaper, but that will help you in 2020. So we each picked a handful of guys. Joe, you want to give one of yours first? Yeah, uh, I started off with David Johnson, which is interesting because I actually don't have any shares of him, but you can get him for pretty cheap out there right now. His ADP is 87. He's set to be running that featured role in what should be a decent scoring offense. I mean, they're obviously, they take a step back losing nuke, but uh, they gain Brandon cooks. You still got in Watson running the show there, you know, and he's a dynamite player despite Bill O'Brien. So I'm, if I can get him, at a good cost, I'm I'm happy to get him and throw him into a lineup for this year in a, t- in a team that's competing, you know, 
at least a playoff team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I still think the Texans offense should be pretty decent this year. I mean, they still got Watson at quarterback. They did try and replace Nuke with Cooks. So and and DJ can catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think that is a good choice there. I'll go into one of mine next, which is this is the one that the little bit of a cheat one is uh, Leonard Fournette because he's he is going in the fifth round ADP. So it's not like nobody actually wants him, but try try getting trade value for him. It's it's impossible. I uh, but I mean last year he was the RB six, and uh, obviously no one's treating him as the RB six. But um, I, I did a little exercise. I looked at it, and he is – he was RB6, and even if you take away half of his receiving production, which I think we all expect to fall off, he's not going to get 100 targets again, especially after they brought Chris Thompson in. So even if you take half that production away, he still would have finished as the RB17 last year. And that's not even factoring in. He's going to probably have positive TD regression. Even if Jacksonville isn't a great offense, he only had three touchdowns all last year with that volume. He had over 300 touches. So I definitely like him to perform at least at a high RB2 level again. And you're basically paying RB2 prices at most for him anyway. In a point per carry league that we're all in, he recently went for 206, 208, and a 2021 20, second, and that's with point per carry, which he's going to be even better in. I mean, if you're paying that price for him, I mean, for a contender, that's that you're going to get beyond three seconds production from him. So I, I thought he was a good one. And uh, what do you think, Dustin? What do you think of Fournette? Yeah, I was actually the one that paid for Fournette, right. actually, in you. the Breaking Bad League. I'm not even a contender in that league. I just thought that the value was too good. And, you know, in that league, I'm rebuilding – I did my, if you listen to episode three, I did my trade back and pick up all my firsts. And um, I think I had like seven or eight firsts at one point and I wasn't patient. So I traded all of them away for Andrew Luck and Kareem Hunt. Then Kareem Hunt got suspended and Andrew Luck retired. So then I had to kind of rebuild again. But I bought Fournette just because I thought the value was too good. I had a whole bunch of seconds in this in this draft that you know, you're referencing. And I figured that, you know, he starts performing in the middle of the season to a contender. I can get a first back form exactly. or, you know, a, an earlier second and another another piece just to continue that rebuild. So I just looked at the value and thought it was too good of a value to pass up. So, yeah, I mean, I'd give you a 22 second right now for him. Oh, I'll have to think on that one. Send it over and I'll let you know. All right. Okay. Why don't you give one of your guys now, Dustin? So if you guys listened to me on, on episode two, I, I I talked about how I couldn't understand the hate on Marvin Jones. So in Superflex ADP, he's going 163rd right now. That's Marvin Jones every year. Like He's a flex-worthy starter, starter for you. You can put him in your wide receiver three, wherever. Like he's going to put up points. He's going to be consistent. That Detroit offense this year is going to, I think, surprise some people. They're getting some weapons there. You know, they got Galladay carry on and swift hawkinson with another year marvin jones like it's going to be a pretty solid offense and marvin jones is just going to keep doing what he does and you know nobody wants to pay for him i couldn't sell him for a second in a rebuild you know the best offer i was getting was thirds for him and i just i, I don't understand it what, what do you guys feel on marvin jones yeah I'd, I'd buy him for a third right now um 
I almost bought him for a late second in one league, and the offer got revoked before I could actually hit the accept. Um, so I kind of regret not being quicker on that because I think that that's about right value for him, you know, a two thirteen. But yeah, and I told you in that same episode, I'm all aboard that Marvin Jones train. I put him as a riser after the draft. That was what the topic was about. And I actually had put out some offers, I, uh, I think, just before that episode to see if I could get them. I did get them for 306 in a league, but that's a league that really de devalues wide receiver scoring. Um, I don't think I got them anywhere else. I tried getting thirds, multiple thirds. It didn't work. So it seems some people are valuing. A lot of people are valuing in, in the, the late second range, but it's still a pretty good buy. And he, I think I mentioned in that episode, he, he performed as wide receiver 14 with Stafford last year. Um, and um, I mean, he's a year older, but it's, I still expect the same production as long as they're both healthy. So let's move on to our next guy, Joe, who do you have next? Uh, next, it's actually a ADP buddy of David Johnson. It's uh, Jarvis Landry. ADP 88, critically undervalued every year. Um, I expect that Browns offense to to be on the come up this year. Another year of familiarity with Baker, um, and I'm I'm hopeful for what Stefanski is going to do there. Freddie Kitchens was just so awful and ruined everything there. So I feel like he Jarvis is a even with the injury. He's a guaranteed outperform his ADP. What do you guys Agreed. Say? He's kind of the uh, not not necessarily in style of play, but just in terms of value. He's the young Marvin Jones, basically. He uh, he basically always nobody wants to. I was even slow to get on on uh, Jarvis's bandwagon. I, you know, it seemed like he lacked upside, but he's a, he's a PPR machine. He commands targets, even with Odell there. He commanded targets last year. And uh, I think that's a good choice. Um, and he's a guy that, again, people, uh, even if they have him on the rosters, don't necessarily love having him on the rosters. So he's someone you could probably buy as a contender. Um, any thoughts, Dustin? Yeah, I, I've loved Jarvis for a while. My only concern with him is his hip surgery that he had in February. That's my only concern with him. Um, they said that was going to take him all the way through training camp to recover. I know his rehab is going well right now, but that's my only real concern with him is, you know, a hip injury is, it can be a big deal. Um, so if he loses any of his, you know, any of his quickness um, as he's recovering from the injury, that's my only concern with him. But I, you know, you could probably get him for an early to mid second right now. And I would easily pay that for him. So, and maybe yeah, and even I mean, less playing up the hip injury, maybe you can get him for even a little less. And he's he's one of the situations that all this extra downtime is probably helpful to him. There's no pressure for him to get back as quick. Like he can just rest up as much as he needs to and do the PT as it's prescribed, and you know, still push ahead, but not feel that pressure to to get right back there. And and him and Baker have a, a great rapport. And with a new, um, you know, new coach coming in there that they might not have a lot of time to learn like the playbook and the new offense and things like that, that I think that's going to benefit Jarvis more because him and Baker already had that rapport. So as they're learning the playbook, 
Baker's going to go to the guy he trusts the most and Jarvis. Agreed. And uh, that kind of segues into my next one, another injured receiver, a little older, but Elshon Jeffrey, he is going super low in startups right now. Um, he, he is ADP on DLF of 192, which I believe is the 16th round. And the issue with him, I mean, he, he doesn't have upside, you know, he's 30. So that's why he's on this list, but he's, He's performed when healthy. Basically, the issues with him has always been health. Even last year, uh, I looked at it. He had um, eight games he played. He played 10 games total, but he left two of them without catching a ball. In the eight games he played, he had uh, 71 targets and averaged 15.2 fantasy points per game, which is, is wide receiver two range. So for comparison, in PPR, that's on par with Calvin Ridley last year. So... He um he is a target of Carson Wentz. Um, he will be getting uh, balls, and he will produce when he plays. Chances are he may get injured again, but he is going to be the starting receiver there. R Rager's, you know, not going to have much of an offseason. Obviously, they can't depend on on Arthega Whiteside. So him and 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 Jackson, who you maybe could even also put on this list, Deshaun Jackson, who could get gotten even cheaper probably, are probably going to be their two starters on the outside and like i said alshon produced when healthy you're going to have to live with injuries but that's why you can get him so cheap a 16th rounder i mean you probably i'd be surprised if if you'd have to pay more than a, a, even a late third probably yeah i mean uh, like i mentioned alshon was on my list of guys that that popped out at their adp as well i think the reason he's back there though it's you're going to get this year from him, maybe something next year. But, you know, I feel like that Philadelphia offense, The you're going to see a lot of rotation of wide receivers. Alshon might be the one, but maybe he's only in there for 60% of the snaps. Um, so I think, I think you'll see the kids working in as the year goes on. And so if you have them – he pops off for those first couple of games maybe you turn around and sell them pretty quickly that's a good point and and that's also too is i'm not even saying we need to go especially a guy like alshon you necessarily even need to go out and target him to buy him specifically but guys like him and some of these other later round adp guys you could even just get his throw-ins in bigger trades to help your team and like you said if you want to you can flip them later or if you're six and l and want to hold on to them hold on to them so uh, who's your next? Yeah, and to, to kind of, well, I wanted to finish up. So Sorry. I pulled up the ADP on Deshaun Jackson. He's actually going 264 right now. So he's wow. almost the forgotten <laughs> guy right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I I agree with buying Alshon. I, I hate, I don't like Alshon. Um, I've been burned by him too many times. I know that if I buy him this year that I'll, I'll be burnt by him again. But I get it if you're a contender and, you know, put him in for the games that he's going to play, and then that's it. But looking at the ADP between the two, I would much rather have Deshaun Jackson at 264. I mean, that's – I don't even know what round that is. What, like the 21st round, 22nd round or something like that? Like, yeah. So for both their value, um, I would take Deshaun. But, you know, I don't hate getting, um, you know, Alshon in the, in the 16th round. So my next guy is actually Chase Edmonds. His uh, ADP is 207. So Chase Edmonds, he's flashed a decent amount in, in Arizona. 
Uh, Cliff Kingsbury said he's wanted to make sure that he uses two to three running backs throughout the season. He doesn't want to depend on one guy. If you looked at last year, like when they had Drake going off, he still tried to get, you know, David Johnson involved and tried to get Chase Edmonds involved when he came back from being injured. And, you know, right now it's just Drake and Edmonds. You know, I know they took Eno Benjamin in the seventh round and, you know, our, our boy Chris Stoops loves Benjamin, but I don't really see him being that involved this year in the offense. And so I, I think Chase Edmonds is going to get a lot more work than people think he is. You know, I think he's a good depth piece, bi-week fill-in, potential flex here and there. Um, I, I, I could see him being a a poor man's Austin Eckler when Melvin Gordon was just the guy before uh, Eckler came over this year. Like Eckler still had, you know, some flex value um, when, when Melvin was getting the 20 touches a game. And I could see that same sort of outcome for Chase Edmonds this year. Yeah, and Drake's, yes. I mean, Drake's never really been a workhorse or anything either. I mean, he got a lot of work down the stretch last year, but that was a small number of games. And if Drake were to go down, Edmonds probably would be the guy. I don't expect a lot from Eno either, uh, seventh-round pick, and I don't think they really have anyone else of note there. And that's a, it's also a pretty fast-paced offense, which is going to be good for any of the, the offensive players on the team as well. So, and that's another reason that you could see Edmonds get more work, like you said, because they run, do run a lot of plays there in Arizona. Yeah, I'd say Edmonds' health is the only thing that's really in his way from performing throughout the season. Um, and potentially Drake's health is what could get him even more work. So I'll, I'll buy him if I can get him at the late third range. Yeah, All he's day. another guy you could probably easily just get thrown into another deal as well. So, uh, Joe, I think you have uh, at least one more guy here. Yeah, uh, Brandon Cooks was actually another one, another Houston Texan. Um, again, tied to health, uh, but he he's produced through the majority of his career and uh, yet another new team, and hopefully he'll uh, – Produce there as the. I'm I'm very interested to see how they how they use each of those wide receivers in that offense because really they have four guys that could all do very similar things and they all have their own uniquenesses to them. But so I mean they could run four wide and you might be looking at that Madden play four verts every single play <laughs> with them you know and just so. Uh, I like Cooks because he's being faded a lot. Uh, ADP is one fifteen, so you know, yeah, that's right. That's the you're round. getting him as your you're getting him as your wide receiver five or something like that. So yeah, I like him at that range. Uh, and there's this narrative that he's he gets hurt all the time, but uh, I saw pointed out somewhere. I think he's played like seventy nine of the last eighty games. Even last year, I think when he got there, or maybe it's seventy eight, but he, he got another concussion. I think last year, but he only missed a game or two. That's probably the biggest worry is one concussion could end his career, let alone his season. But yeah, and I, I'm not a Will Fuller fan at all, and you know he's going to get hurt. So Cooks looks like the wide receiver one there, and he's he, like you said, he's produced everywhere he's been. Yeah, I love Cooks at that price. I piggyback with what you guys said. He's going to get opportunity. That offense isn't going to be as good as it was. Obviously, losing Nuke, David Johnson's there, but you know he 
it's I think they brought in Cooks to for it to be his, his show, and he's going to get opportunities. Um, you know, he puts up a thousand yards every year. He, he's pretty consistent, actually, for being the deep threat that people think he is. Uh, he's more than that. He can be more than that. So I think we'll see that this year in Houston. Yeah, and he's another. He's a guy too. Unlike a lot of the guys on this list, especially the receivers, is that he's a younger guy too. So I mean, he could. You could get him at a cheap price, and he rebounds, and and you have a high end wide receiver too. Maybe if he starts performing like he has in the past. So I'll go into the last guy I have on my list, which is, and this is probably the one I feel least strongly about, is Sony Michelle. Might be part of. I was a big Sony guy when he came into the league. I was still uh, into him last year. I, I think I checked on Sticky Board. He might still be one of my highest owned guys because I just have had so many shares last year and it did not go well. He was a wide, uh, I'm sorry, our running back three last year. And uh, there's not a lot of numbers to back it up. It's mostly a narrative that, you know, they still have a good defense and a bad quarterback, assuming they don't sign somebody that it is Stidham or Hoyer. So you should expect a lot of volume, a lot of running. They probably won't pass as much as they did with Brady. Um, Harris is there but we don't know if they'll use him at all. They didn't use him at all last year. Obviously, White's going to get a lot of the passing work. Sony can do that, but they never have used him that way. Maybe it changes a little this year with a lot of dump-offs from from the two poor quarterbacks. Um, I don't expect a ton from him, but you can definitely get possibly low-end RB2 production from him. He's going in the 12th round uh, as well, I believe, uh, 122, which I think is actually the beginning of the 13th round. So uh, you're not paying much for him in startup or trade value again more of a flex guy to throw into another trade and get get some production from him when you need it by week filler and maybe he does a little better than we think so i'm going to disagree with you i'm not a sony fan and i i know that he's going to go before i would be willing to take him and i just i think that team is in transition and i think they're going to see what they have in their other pieces you know, I think they they drafted Damian Harris pretty early as well. And I think they're going to see what they have there. They're going to see what they have in their receivers instead of like It's a team in transition. I don't trust that offense very much. I don't think there's going to be a lot of opportunities. And his name value is still going to carry him higher than where I think I'm willing to take him. I get getting him that late and that he could be a value. I just, I don't think he's going to improve on his, you know, running back three status from last year. And at that point of the draft i'd rather take some upside guys that will potentially be running back three or or higher um late, that late in the draft but that's just me i've never really been a sony fan so maybe that's holding me back a little bit but i just i don't see him improving on last year and last year wasn't good for him so i would agree um, i wouldn't draft him that late i mean at that point either i was yeah i'm more thinking you know throw in trade value that kind of thing i'm sorry go joe um, just looking at the ADP wise, he's the last top uh, running back for a team available aside from the Miami combo of Breda and uh, Howard. So, I mean, I get like if you've if you've gone zero RB, like if he's your one of your first ones that you're going. If you've gone real heavy wide receiver and whatever, but. I don't know. I like a lot of the wide receivers in that range a lot more. But yeah, if you can get him for trade value for cheap, but I just I can't risk putting him in a lineup. 
Yeah, I like James White two spots behind him. Then you're getting down a little bit. If you're looking at, you know, Zach Moss at 140 has some upside. Damian Williams at 139 is still going to get his touches with CEH there. Tariq Cohen at 145, Howard at 146. Um, and then you're getting even deeper, like Lindsay at 153. I think Lindsay's still going to be involved in the offense. I'd rather, like to Joe's point, take a receiver in you know, that 120 range that uh, Michelle's at and then take one of those later running backs that I was talking about. And you want to talk a little about Howard Dustin since he is the last guy on your list, Jordan Howard? Yeah, so just hit it a little bit. He, but he's going ADP of 146. I think that the Miami backfield is his to own. That that offense, I think, is also going to be sneaky good. Um, I don't know that two is really going to get on the field until midseason, but Fitzpatrick is, you know, he he's gunslinger. He'll be out there with Parker and Preston Williams and Kaseki. But Howard was was great last year with um, with uh, Philly, and he was good in Chicago before that. And he's going to be the goal line guy, and he's going to get, you know, especially in your running back points carry leagues, he's going to get you know, 20, 15 to 20 carries a game. I think Breed is there to be the third down and pass catching back. And it's going to be Howard's show. I think, you know, you can get him that late and he's going to be, you know, a startable running back for you in your, you know, in your flex position. I just think that, you know, you're not get you're, he's going to return value on that, on that price. I think easily. My, my big fear with him. I mean, I, I agree. I love him at that at value, but how many games do you think that they're going to be running the ball twenty times? You know, they're. I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Fitzmagic slinging the ball. I mean, yeah. I, if you're slotting him in as your fourth running back or something like that in a points per carry league, awesome. But geez, I I could see him putting up a seven. But, and you know, <laughs> kind of going back to what you said about Alshon and Djax, is Breda's price lower than Howard's? I'm not sure. Breda's higher. Okay, I do like Breda a little, probably a little more, partially because of what Joe said, and I do think he's more talented. He's just brittle. So, yeah. H- Howard, you know, will definitely get some carries, but it might be tough because they'll be losing a lot of games. And Brady, I do think, is going to get, you know, Jordan Howard's never really been able to catch the ball. So Brady's going to get most of the passing work, you would think. Yeah. The I funny mean, thing gonna, is, go ahead, Joe. I think they're going to split the work 50 50 ultimately. But if you're going PPR versus even in a PPC league, you know, you need five carries to equal that one catch that Brady's going to get, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'll take a 20 yard swing pass from Brady over four carries from Howard for 18 yards. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys make good points. I think Brita will still have value. I just, I don't think he's going to stay on the field. And then outside of after, after Brita, it's just Howard, like, or yeah, Patrick think- Laird or miles Gaskin. Like there's like, Aylen there's Balaj nobody still there. there. <laughs> I could yeah, see I mean, one of those free be. agents um, popping up there as well. Yeah. So I just think like, he doesn't really have any competition for what he brings to the table. And I, I just think that, you know, he's going to have value. And the crazy thing about Jordan Howard is he's still only 25 years old. feels like he's been in the league forever. forever. He's still only 25. Like, so he's still like, if he 
you know, Miami did a lot to address that offensive line in in this draft. And I and I think that they want to they know that in this league they have to run and Miami's not going to compete this year, but I think they want to see what they have in Howard as well. You know, if you can get a good running back on a cheap deal, like Howard is right now, you can build around all the other positions and then address running back last. And so I think that there is an opportunity there for him to, to be there for more than one year and really bring value to the team. Um, and, and there's no other competition really for what he brings to the table. So that's why I love him there. And Joe showed us up by doing one extra guy than each of us did. So why don't we let you finish it up, Joe? Uh, last is my my late late sleeper guy, Manny Sanders. Uh, the wonder of science came back from that ruptured Achilles, playing playing like a twenty five year old basically. Um, and with Mister Accurate Drew Bre- Drew Brees slinging him the ball this year, you know. Mike Thomas taking off that number one guy. I think you're going to see Manny like be very, very usable at an ADP of 171. You know, you can you can probably go out there and throw a couple of fourth round picks and get him, and without any resistance at all. And he's someone you could slot in probably as your wide receiver four, pretty confidently week in week out. So I'm I'm buying him anywhere I can at, at a low price like that. Yeah, I like Manny for a contender. I guess the only where I have is they – I mean, they, they haven't had a lot of Emmanuel Sanders. It just seems like they hardly ever seem to use the wide receiver too that much in that offense anyway. It's just Michael Thomas, Kamara, Michael Thomas, Kamara, occasionally throw to the tight end. That's my only worry about Sanders. Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit your point at the beginning of of that Rocky. They haven't had an Emmanuel Sanders. Like, they haven't had a number two like brilliant that I can remember. Like, everyone wanted Trey Quan Smith to be a thing, and he wasn't. And I don't think you can sustain giving um, Michael Thomas as many targets as he had. I love I love the Emmanuel Sanders pick. Um, I think he's I think he could potentially be a league winner. I think he's going to be very very solid this year. And the thing is, is like, I know he's still older. I still think he's going to have a couple of good years with him. The way that he takes care of himself and just the way that he plays, he's still going to be relevant for the next couple of years. I don't, I don't think that just because he's old, like he's going to have a year or two left. I, I could see him getting a good two, three years left. So getting him that late, like you're getting a guy that you're going to be able to play for a couple of years, not just, not just this one. And so I love the Emmanuel Sanders pick. I looked it up. Um, he was going, and like two, he was going around two thirty before he signed with the Saints, and like that's just insane. Like he was relevant in San Francisco on a team that doesn't pass. Like he, he's good wherever he goes, and I think being with Breeze is just going to help him that much more. Agreed. And like and like you guys said, the the fact that he was able to recover from that Achilles the way he was is just just shows how ridiculous he is. You know that he's health wise and everything that he's, he's keep taking care of himself and could have a, a, you know, even another few more years left. So, like I said, I mean, that's not all necessarily guys you need to really go out and, and just pay fourths or thirds for, you can have them thrown into other trades, but guys, guys that are fairly easy to acquire relative to their production and you don't have to pay a lot to get them. So now we'll go to our find me a trade segment. Find me a trade. 
And this week it was we had a submission. We're actually going to change the format back a bit um, to what we did the first episode, where we're just doing one roster, three different trades. And um, as we've said before, definitely you can DM me or Dustin, um, DM the pod at Dynasty Junkies, and we will get your trade on the show if we can. Um, we're definitely looking for more submissions. You can also email DynastyJunkiesPod at gmail.com. Keep them coming. This week we got one from uh, Will and Steve from the Trust Your Board podcast. They do a a, a pretty decent podcast uh, that I listen to a couple times now, and they do a lot of mock drafts and stuff. Talk about player values out of it. So they sent something over to us. It's at Trust Your Board. So give them a listen to, and I'll go over the league, and then we'll go over the trades. Um, the league is a twelve team PPR one QB league, no tight end premium. It's got twenty three man rosters. Um, start one QB, two each of running back wide receiver, a tight end, two flex, and there is a defense. Uh, the guy has a pretty decent team. He thinks he can be a playoff team. He's not sure if it's good enough to contend with some of the top teams and asks us to find him a trade. He's got a Daniel Jones, Baker, Tannehill, a QB. He's got pretty much nothing at, at running back, as you'll see when we come to all our trades. Um, but he has Geis and not much else. Tevin Coleman, uh, Gore. He's decent receivers. Woods, Tyreek, Boyd, Keenan Allen, uh, Preston Williams. Uh, he also has Jarek McKinnon at running back as well. And then Mark Andrews and uh, Herndon Knox at, at tight end. So uh, with that, let's get into some of the trades. And I guess I'll go first this week. And I'll get Dustin a chance to rip my trade early this week. So um, for my trade, uh, he also has a load of draft picks. They haven't had their draft yet. It's not until July, it looks like. And he has 103, 107 in three seconds and 308. So I put on here, I actually, I, I would say try first, give 107 and 207. I actually put 205, but I would try 207 first for Aaron Jones. Um it came out fairly even on the DLF analyzer, even with the 205. Um, but in Aaron Jones is a guy a lot of people are trying to sell. They're worried about touchdown regression and all that. This guy needs the running back up. I think his team has a chance to contend this year, especially with that 103. Um, I mean, it's not the superstar team, but with the 103, he'll get a running back there. 107 in a 1QB league. Um, it probably will be Lamb or Judy, which in theory, you know, has more value than Aaron Jones probably going forward. But this, the team he's trading him to, you might have to overpay a little as well. He's got a pretty good team and he doesn't really need a ton, um, but he might be, you know, enticed by the picks, especially he, he, he can probably get away. He has 101 and 102, so he's going to have a loaded running back room already. He also has Josh Jacobs, Carson. Um, he's got a lot of good receivers. He's got Lamar Jackson. So he's going to be contending too. And maybe he can figure he can just use this to restock, sell Jones high. Um, I do still like Jones next year as probably a low end RB1. Um, he, I know they drafted Dylan, but I look at that more as a commitment to the run and not that I think he's going to take a ton of work from jones this year it's probably a jones and or williams replacement next year since both of their contracts are up so i definitely think jones can help him contend and 
Um, like I said, I would start with the 107. Maybe you could even do it for just 107, depending on what the guy feels about Aaron Jones. But And then throw one of those seconds in there if you need to. Uh, what do you guys think? I like it for I, – I definitely agree, and you'll see it on our trades. He, They definitely need running back help, and not just one. They need two, potentially three running backs to – to really be, to really make that run, um, that that they could make, um, I think this is the exact type of move that makes sense for the roster. I know a lot of teams are panicking on on Aaron Jones and the writings on the wall that you know it just doesn't seem like Green Bay likes him and he may be gone this year. So, you know, yeah, that hurts his future value, but I actually think it skyrockets his value this year because. Green Bay is just going to run him into the ground and give him a ton of work. And I think that is going to help his help the team. I, I wish the draft was earlier so that all the hype for these players was still going on. You know, we see like right after the draft, there's a whole bunch of hype and then it kind of, it, it mellows out a little bit when you get later on in your rookie draft. So I wish that their draft was right now. Cause I think they could easily get them for just one Oh seven right now. If, if the draft was going on right now, but you know, this is one of those deals we always talk about, like, don't be afraid to add on that extra piece to, to get a deal done. You know, adding one of those seconds on to get the deal done, I think makes sense for them. And maybe even that late third if they needed to. So, you know, 107, 207 and 308, I think can really help get that deal done. Um, so don't don't be afraid to add on those extra pieces. But I definitely think they, they need a lot of running back help. Um, rest of their team is pretty solid. Yeah, and just to chime in here, I th- this is another reason we like to do this segment the way we do with finding trades and using specific rosters and all that is I- I'm not sure in a vacuum, especially if you replace 107 with Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, if I definitely am going to say, yeah, I want to trade in a vacuum Jerry Judy and a second and even a third for for Jones or not. But uh, you, that, that's why we're doing this is you take in the roster specifics and kind of – Look at it at a macro level and just, you know, these are the kind of moves you should make if you think you can still push yourself over the top. Any thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I like that as a as a move to get this guy. He needs that running back help. Um, and ultimately, with with what he has right now, you would only be hopeful to get something at 103 with that pick. So I, I like holding to 103 and, you know, you can get – Dobbins or Akers or Swift, and then also have Aaron Jones. You know, that's two good running backs to start off. Um, so, yeah, I, I like your trade, Rocky. Uh, I, I would advise making that move, but even like Dustin said, wait until draft day, offer the 107 straight up for him. Then see what you have to add on top of that because this guy's he's he's all right at running back. He might want to just grab one of those rookie – wide receivers that he's you know you don't know what the fandom is of of these other owners or whatever if there's a cowboys fan or something and he wants to get that new shiny toy (laughs) yeah i do think that in this it being in one qb i I was going to say like you know you could probably get lots of teams that will they'll give up aaron jones get cd lamb in a one qb i don't think you're getting cd lamb at seven but i think you can get Rager or Judy or something like that there. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's been so it's been so crazy though this year in drafts. And they've been so all over the place. So I was gonna 
say that I've really, seen Judy go over Lamb in drafts too. Yeah. Yeah, you might be able to get him there. So if you know your league better than we do, but if if you think that you can dangle that on draft day to that owner and who's going to be there, how how your owners are going to draft, like I'd I'd wait and try and make that push then because you might even be able to just make that like I said straight up one for one. Okay, Joe, you want to give yours? Uh, I went all big and sexy, and I threw everything at uh, getting Saquon. Uh, the the team that owns Saquon doesn't really seem like they're a contender. You know, if you can sell him off for the right pieces, then you probably make that. So I have him selling off 103, 107, and 201 for Saquon. And the calculator has that within 2.1 points. So you might not actually be able to buy Saquon for that price. You might need to add both of those other seconds to actually make this deal happen. Just because if someone owns Saquon, they, they probably overvalue him. But especially if Brian Har's in your league. Um, but, you know, if you can go out there and get him, that's a, a premier guy. Then you can... Make some other moves or hodgepodge in for that second running back because it's you have to start two running backs in this league. Um, but you get a premier guy that you know that you can count on 16 weeks a year. And I was going to say, it's a good thing you brought up Saquon. We thought we were going to go one week without bringing up Saquon in this podcast. I, I, I think Brian Haar is secretly influencing us somehow. But Dustin, you look like you were going to say something. No, just like all all. Four episodes in the find me a trade section either had us trading away Saquon, and this is the first one that actually had us trading for Saquon. So I'm pretty sure Brian Hart will approve. Um, I think Joe it kind of hit the uh, nail on the head. This team that has Saquon is not a contender. Um, they are they definitely look like a rebuilding team. So I think you know you position Dobbins, C.D. Lamb and justin jefferson for saquon if you put the names next to it i think that will help you get that deal done you know if you want to add in you know a a guy like preston williams um into the deal as well to help close it or you know another second i think i think it's possible i've seen saquon go all over the place but I, I, I think it's a move that makes sense. And I think, you know, Saquon is an asset that still is increasing in value or can increase in value. So he's always going to be worth what you paid for him. So I think he's the type of asset that makes sense to buy. And then, like Joe said, you know, if you make that deal, just get, just, you know, go out and buy some like some of those James White or Philip Lindsay or Jordan Howard for, uh, to fix your depth, but then you're going into Sa- with Saquon, Tevin, Geis, you know, James White, and I think you you can make a, a pretty strong running back team right there. That's, yeah, that's and a good point. And I did. I looked under the uh, uh, related trades when you put that into the uh, DLF trade analyzer, and someone did trade Saquon for the 103, the 202, and Jarvis Landry. And I feel like that's even less value than what the three trade, the three picks that I put together for this. So I, I, it is conceivable to to make that deal happen. I would agree with that, that that's probably less. And I, I was going to say the same thing that I wasn't sure that you brought up yourself that 
that it definitely, you know, 103, 107 gets the deal done and the 201 gets the deal done. But like you said, um, and Dustin said, you throw in another two, maybe throw in Preston Williams. The guys, if he's trading Barkley for that, is rebuilding. Preston Williams is a nice young guy to throw in. And uh, Dustin made a good point, too, that, you know, if he, this guy does need multiple running backs and he's given up a lot of assets for one, but um, – if you can just get one of those cheaper guys that we mentioned earlier, then you, you know, he's still going to, he is going to be a contending team, especially with Saquon. So some of those guys make sense. Love it. Yep. So Dustin, I think that just leaves us with yours. So another guy we've talked a lot about on this podcast is, uh, is Leonard Fournette. I think almost every episode, but one, we've had a trade for Leonard Fournette so far. I know Rocky, you and I agree, and, and Bobby Akash agrees. I think Jacksonville is going to run um, Fournette into the ground this year. Yep. I think he's going to th – that offense still doesn't have a lot, and he has no real competition for for any wor work besides him. I mean, I know they brought in Chris Thompson, but the guy can't stay healthy, and he's just the pass-catching back. So I think Fournette's just going to get a whole bunch of work. And so my trade is one that I think – you can do and, and I'm sort of referencing the trade I made in, and the earlier um, that we were talking about, you know, the 206, the 208 and right. a 2021 second for Leonard Fournette. The deal I have is 201, 205 and Preston Williams for Leonard Fournette. The guy that has Leonard Fournette has some, some decent running backs. He's got Cohen Eckler, David Johnson, Duke Johnson, um, but you know he, he the, the other guys a pretty strong team but i definitely think that you know he may be looking to get out on on fournette which a lot of owners are like i i've seen fournette go up on the trade walk in almost every single league that i'm in just because nobody values him right now so i think this is the opportunity to to go in and in doing this deal you still get to keep both of your first round picks and one of your seconds so you can still get another running back at 103 you could potentially get acres or another young um, wide receiver at 107. So now you have Fournette and you have probably Dobbins in a one QB. He's probably going third. Um, so you have, you know, Dobbins, Fournette, Geis, and Tevin. And then you're getting acres, CD, Judy at, at seven. And you're, you're helping your wide receiver depth. You're helping your, your running back depth. And you're, you haven't touched any of your first. And, you know, you're getting a guy that's going to put up. You know he's going to be the guy that's getting twenty plus touches a game, and he's he's going to be a guy. And he's in his contract. You're playing for the next contract, especially since he hasn't really had any guaranteed contracts and made a ton of money. He's he's going to go out and try to show everyone that he is worth that second contract. So you're getting a team that's going to give him the ball and a guy that's going to try to prove what he can with the ball. So I think it, it's a, a guy that is going to help your team. And you know Preston Williams is that young asset that a lot of people are. are going for right now i've seen him going for early seconds so um it's a deal i think you can get done what do you guys think yeah i definitely i like it for a lot of the reasons you said and especially being able we've been kind of talking about this as though at the 107 it's definitely going to be a receiver i mean i've seen crazier things like you said than than swift or acres maybe even fall in the 107 so if he keeps both he might really be able to upgrade at running back uh, I guess the only worry is, is something else you also pointed out is that the guy you're trading him to or you're trading for Fournette from, uh, he is probably is at least his second best running back. 
Um, so he might not want to sell him that low. I don't know. He might he might counter with the 107 or something like that. But like you said, a lot of people are trying to sell high, so it's definitely worth a shot. Um, but I definitely love it if if that gets it done, and, and that's more than than you had to get up, give up for him in a point per carry league. So it's not uh, out of the realm of possibility. So I love this. Also love this one that Dustin put up. And once I looked at it, um, <clears throat> I would I would suggest that he goes out and he does that move for Fournette does Rocky's move for Aaron Jones, except you're, you push it to give him the 207 and the 308 to give 107, 207, 308 to get Aaron Jones, 201, 205, and Preston Williams to get Fournette. You still got the 103 to go and get Akers or uh, <clears throat> any of the, the three there, that, that second tier that you want. Um, you know, And then you got three running backs, a young one and two guys that are going to get worked hard. So – I think you could potentially do that. I mean, I love that big sexy trade I put out there to get Saquon, but if you can get those two workhorses and still take someone with the 103, I think that that would be sort of the the best of all options there. That's a great plan. We we didn't even try and do that so they could both work together, but it happens to work perfectly. So, um good trades all around I think this week. Yeah, and I think just one more point before we close out the, the section. I think in this type of deal, if you were to put names next to the the picks, that's going to help your case. You know, if you go instead of 201, 205 and, and Preston Williams, you know, you say, you know, you're getting Justin Jefferson and LaVisca Chenault and Preston Williams for this. Like, I think that's going to help your case especially with your draft being in July, if you're trying to make those moves now, I think, you know, putting player names is going to help right now than picks. So go through, you know, rookie draft ADP for your league settings and put in the names for the trade to the owner. And I think that'll help you get some of these deals done. And to Joe's point that I think he mentioned during one of the trades too, it might might even be better to do this, some of these moves or all of these moves closer to the draft um, when they start getting more excited about the rookies that they're you know going to be able to add to their team. But uh, definitely good trades. Guy definitely needed running backs. So we all, we all and combining that, that one into one big giant one, I think is a great idea. So good work, Joe. And with that, I want to thank you for being on this week because we're just about done. So um, thanks for coming on. Um, great job with the, uh, the dummy stuff. Love all your, all your gifs. Um, anything else you want to say, Joe, before we sign off? Yeah, just, uh, go follow that DFPN at work Twitter handle. It's critically underfollowed right now. So, uh, if you could do that for me, that would be the best. Speaking of Thanks network, for having me on guys. Speaking of networks, also follow the, uh, DAP network at DAP underscore network. Again, I'm Rocky Bacella at Dynasty FF Addict. Dustin is at Dynasty Junkie FF. Follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies. And that'll do it for this week. And we'll see you next week, guys. Junkies out.